This is the School Success Podcast, a podcast for school leaders to learn from other school leaders what's working and what's not, and to get inspiration and encouragement, as well as strategies to grow school enrollment, connect with families, retain teachers, recruit teachers, and everything in between. You guys are heroes, and I cannot thank you enough for pouring into this next generation that's coming behind us. My goal is you will take at least one thing away from every episode that you can take back to your school to make it better than it is right now. Please enjoy the School Success Podcast. Hey, School Success Makers. Today we're joined by Kyle Morin, who's the principal of his charter school in beautiful Colorado Springs, Colorado, and they're right next to a military base, which brings up some challenges for them with people constantly moving in and out and often to get new kids enrolled because of that. We dive into that as well as what's going awesome and more. So stay tuned for the next episode of the School Success Podcast. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the School Success Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Slater. I'm joined by a new friend out of Colorado Springs, Colorado, Mr. Kyle Morin, who is the principal of James Madison Charter Academy. They're doing a lot of stuff there in Colorado, and obviously Colorado is a beautiful, beautiful state, but I don't want to take any more thunder away from him. I'm going to let him introduce himself and his school. So, Kyle, welcome to the podcast, sir. Thank you, Mitchell, for having me. So, as you said, I'm Kyle Morin. I'm the principal here of James Madison Charter Academy. So before I talk about my school, I wanna talk about what a charter school is because I know each state it's different. So in Colorado, the best way we describe it to people is that a charter school is a public school that is free. So it's parental choice and parents have the choice to send their kids to our school as compared to like the local district school. And due to our location, Colorado Springs, if you've not been here, you know, it's a very, very military community. So a large percentage of our kids come from Fort Carson Army Post, which is right next to our school. And with that, we try to honor the military tradition that we have here. And yet at the same time, we really focus on what I call trying to give the families the best of both worlds, because we're a tiny, tiny, tiny school with only 100 students in the entire school and we go through kindergarten through eighth grade, but our focus in grades K through three is early childhood literacy. We've partnered with AmeriCorps this year to provide a reading tutor for students that are behind in literacy. That way they receive extra instruction. And really the main purpose of that is because by the time they reach fourth grade, we're full on project-based instruction. And I tell families, I can't expect a fourth grader to, you know, think critically and do a project if they can't read. So I wanna make sure they, they learn the fundamentals in grades K through three so they could do all these great, cool things in fourth grade and above. I love it, I love it. And well, and being in Colorado, these kids obviously get to experience um, beautiful state with a ton to do outside, I'm assuming. So kind of what, what's, what do you like to do for fun there? What are some of these kids? What are some of the things they're involved in there in Colorado? Well, for anyone who's not been to Colorado, I want to make it clear. Our weather is all over the place. <laughs> Last week, we had 70 degrees and sunny. This week, it's about 10 degrees and snowing. So Whoa. you never know, <laughs> especially in March in Colorado. Um, for me, I love to hike. You know, I grew up in the Denver area before moving down here. So, you know, almost every weekend I'm on the hiking trails trying to decompress from the week. I know our kids, you know, it's similar. There's a big outdoor culture where a lot of them 
I like to hike, um, play sports. And then due to um, just kind of some kids, I noticed a lot of very artsy kids in the school. You know, I before moving back home to Colorado, I taught in Taiwan and the kids in Taiwan were all into anime. I thought that'd be an Asian kid thing. Came back here and the kids here were into the same things. Oh, that's awesome. Well, uh, how long have you been at your school? So this is my fifth year and it's my second year as principal. Before this, I taught middle school. So I taught fifth through eighth grade, history, English, and math. Okay, very good. How you like being principal? How's that going? Um, being principal is one of the most rewarding and challenging and interesting jobs I've ever had. There's some days, you know, I'm, I need to be split into a million places at once and don't know how I can do it all. And there's other days where I'm sitting around finding things to do. I've never had this experience before where it's feast or famine. You know, teaching's consistent. Principal's literally feast or famine here. When you mentioned two years, uh, that's a pretty interesting time to come into uh, being a principal of a school from two years ago. So tell me about tell me about that, because obviously two years ago the world got you know flips, uh, flipped upside down. So how'd that transition go? Yes. So we had previously the principal before me had been here about twelve years, and she retired May twenty twenty, and the staff had kind of. I hate to say it, it's a nose goes type situation where they looked at me and said, you know, you already have your master's degree in administration. We would really like you to be our next principal. So I accepted the challenge and it's definitely been a challenge because of for a while we were running two schools at once because we had an online school and an in-person school at the same time. Since if we did not offer the online option for our kids, we probably wouldn't have had a school because we wouldn't have had enough kids enrolled in our school to keep it open. Yeah. Well, and you, and you mentioned challenges. So it's a perfect segue into the first part. I, I ask uh, anybody who's on here is some challenges. So what are some of those challenges you guys are up against and how are you uh, combating those at the moment? Well, as I mentioned earlier, we're in a military community. So it's an honor to serve this community. But on the flip side, also, it's a highly transient community. So every year I'm prepared for the mass exodus of parents over the summer. Normally it has nothing to do with the school, but it's just, you know, soldiers, POS and move to their new location. And it's very stressful because of to keep a school open, you have to have students. So every year it's kind of a transition of families leaving the school to go to their next post and new families coming in in July, which means your enrollment is never really consistent and you can't project how many students you'll have. So for for instance, in our kindergarten class right now, we only have seven kids, but and the flip side are fifth and sixth grade classes, keeping the school afloat because we're at maximum capacity there. Okay. So it's not like a traditional public school where you know, you'll have two kindergarten classes, about 20, 25 kids each here. It's like, okay, and we have only seven kids in kindergarten, but we have 25 in fifth grade to balance it out. Dang. What's the max you guys are allowed to have as, at the school capacity-wise? Per class, our charter state's 23 in a class. And that's allowing that one child in there is, a, is related to a staff member. So okay. that's why our fifth, sixth grade class has that, because one of the teacher's daughters is in that classroom. So we're able to go to the maximum there. Per our charter... They want us to have a minimum of 115 students. 
So the school district sponsors our charter. They want 115 as a minimum and I believe our maximum we're allowed is about 200. Okay. All right, man, that, that, I can imagine that is a challenge for, um, I'm, I'm originally, you know, I'm from Alaska. So I was right outside a military base. And I remember same thing. I was the, uh, I worked at a church part-time as a youth pastor. And I just remember every year you just, you lost some of the kids, obviously no fault of anybody. Cause they, yeah, they moved on to another post. And yep. so then you just have suddenly randomly all these new families would show up to church and you'd be like, Oh, hi. And they're just, yeah, new. So I totally get what you're saying. And that's, it's hard to plan around that. Cause you just have no idea how many you're going to have. Are you guys doing any kind of specific things to get families in like marketing to the base or doing, I guess, kind of what are you doing to help with the enrollment right now? Well, we actually have an open house tonight. So from six to eight, we have an open house for members of the community to come in, stop by, see the school. And I found one of our most successful marketing strategies are the parents themselves, hmm. because quite often once parents find the school, they love the school. So they end up becoming our biggest advocates. So we have one mom that like every day is posting on social media. This school has done so much for my son. Please enroll your children. Those are so, the best marketers. Yes. So we're using a lot of that. We always deliver postcards to neighborhoods. We have door hangers we put on the neighborhood. And it's just ironic because when the district schools next to us, they are overflowing with kids. Like, you know, we have 15 kids on average per class, they have 35, 40 on average per class. Wow. So it's trying to convince some of those families like, hey, like, come to the smaller school. Um, what other challenges you guys face? And do you guys face stuff with also the, do our teachers come in as, as military uh, spouses? And are they, do you lose them also to, to people leaving? Or do you, are you kind of struggling with the teacher retention and recruitment as well? Just general teacher retention and recruitment, especially in the middle of a pandemic. You know, there's a great resignation. So we're watching people leave the profession and we can't pay as much as other schools. Like when we try to convince people to work here, we have to go off of the fact that we're like, would you rather teach 15 kids in a class or 35 in a class? Hmm. Because in October, our second grade teacher left middle of the school year. First time in the education field, I've watched a teacher leave. She was a great, phenomenal teacher actually had moved from an international school in Central America and moved here because she had family in the area. The kids loved her. She did a great job. And middle of October, for personal reasons, had to leave the school and we were unable to find a replacement for her. So we mm -hmm. eventually ended up doing a job share model. So in the morning, we have our part-time interventionist teaching her class. Then at lunch, we have the third grade teacher move into her class and the fourth grade teacher teaches third and fourth grade at the same time. It's all yeah. about being flexible, right? During yeah, so that's, years. that's our biggest thing is anytime we even try to hire anyone, we go, how flexible are you? Cause we're in a community where, you know, we don't have a lot of kids, but we aren't able to afford a lot of the resources a regular school has. So you need to be prepared to you know, do multiple things. Okay, man. Well, Jumping from from challenges to my favorite part to ask about is uh, this is where you get to brag about your school. What's going really good? Where you're like, man, we are really we really pride ourselves on this at this school. I'm really proud of our school for this. What are some of those things you'd like to share? Well, the one thing they always tell people is I came to the school. I thought it'd only be one year here because I grew up in Denver, taught in Taiwan for four years, moved back. That I did my one year at this tiny little school 
and then move on to whatever stage I had next in my life. And it's just, I couldn't leave the school because it's truly a family away from home. You know, like my coworkers now, they're my family down here. We look out, we take care of each other. And that's a big part of our environment, even for, you know, the military families coming in and we go, we get it. You know, it's stressful, you know, moving every couple of years. We don't know if mom or dad could be deployed. So we're here to truly take care of your babies. And I think that's the greatest thing about our school, because we also get to know kids on a level where another school would not. I'm able to do a lot more flexibility with the kids when it comes to discipline, because, you know, a lot of traditional public schools would be like, this happened, I have to do this. But versus here, I know the families and I know the kids. So I could go, oh, you know, this is unusual for you. Clearly, something had to have triggered this. So instead of suspending you for doing this, let's look at something else because I don't think you'll ever do it again. That's awesome. No, that's good. It sounds like you guys got a really good culture there, which I know is yeah. hard to come by for schools. And it's obviously something that people see and the kids can feel. So I, I love that that's an important part. What else? Anything else you um, have going on there that's really awesome? I think one of the exciting things for next year is we were accepted into the Summit Learning Platform. So as I talked about before, we're a project-based school. So, you know, with projects, kids get to kind of steer their own learning. I always give the example that when I used to be the fifth grade history teacher here, when we studied the Civil War, we ended up studying the Civil War by creating our own trial. The kids, I don't know why they did it, but they decided to put Abraham Lincoln on trial for starting the Civil War. So Dang. everything we studied was around, was he guilty or not? And coming up with testimony, you know, like as expert witnesses against him. So we would, you know, we had studied the Civil War through that lens. And what I'm excited about is being part of the Summit Learning Platform for next year is we're continuing to do projects, but instead of teachers creating their own projects and figuring out as they go along, we have projects provided for us now. And, you know, it's a fully funded grant by the Gates Foundation and the Zuckerberg Foundation out, you know, out in California. So... That uh, way we can continue to do what makes our school great with projects, but we have a little more guidance on it to make sure we could focus not only on creating these cool projects, but focus on the kids and their needs as well when we're doing the projects with them. That is awesome. And congrats, congrats on getting that because I, and I love Thank that you. the Gates and Zuckerberg Foundation are, are doing things like that to help schools. Just heard, and I didn't even know this till yesterday that the, you know, Bezos, Jeff Bezos has all these schools he's funding, uh, the Montessori schools that he's funding and starting and has like a huge team. I just heard about that yesterday and they put them in all these areas to help. And he's not charging. It's like a free, usually those are like paid schools. So he's doing it for free for the kids that are in need. I was like, man, I love that. I love that these guys are putting that to good work. So I'm glad you're, you're a part of it. So that's awesome. Well, thank you. As we, as we kind of wrap it up, making sure I'm respectful of your time, I always leave it with somebody to, or the guest to share any encouragement, inspiration, advice, or anything you'd like to share as we, as we close it out? Well, teaching, education, they're tough jobs. We all know that. Just my biggest advice for educators is remember, why did you get into this profession? Because we all got into this for the kids, and we all want to make, make a difference in the lives of kiddos. So say, just remember that. Remember the reasons why you're doing it. And remember that, you know, the best things in life are a challenge. You know, anything that's worth having, you have to work hard to get there. And, you know, I'm just honored to be an educator and I'm sure there's amazing educators across this entire nation and I'm honored to say I'm part of them. 
I love it. Well, I'm obviously thankful for, for you. I know I don't live in Colorado, but I'm thankful for you and your, your influence and your, uh, your love for these kids there in Colorado Springs and pouring into them every day. And I obviously hope you're there for years more pouring into those kids and helping them all. But uh, just thankful for all the teachers that are out there. So continue to do what you're doing. And I appreciate you taking time to be on the podcast today. And again, if, you, if there's anything I can do to help, obviously reach out. But I wish you nothing but the best, Kyle. All right. Thank you, Mitchell. Have a great day. Well, another huge shout out and a thank you to Kyle Morin for taking time and being on the podcast today. He had a little bit of a crazy morning. He had a paper jam right before we had to start recording, and then he had a hop off to help with the carpool lane, but we still were able to get in, obviously, the podcast episode. So I hope you guys were able to enjoy it. And as always, I hope you can take at least one thing from the episode, take it back to your school to make it better than it is right now. And if you need help, whether it's growing enrollment, connecting better with your families, using technology and digital marketing, that is what we're here for. And I'd love to connect with you and help you. You can find us online at schoolsuccessmakers.com. That's schoolsuccessmakers.com. Wish uh, Kyle and his school nothing but the best. And we'll be here next week with another awesome guest on the School Success Podcast. We'll see you then.